Welcome to Travel Tips Tuesday with John Rogers. On today's show, you'll learn up-to-date, creative, and personal tips that will help you make your travel dreams a reality. Enjoy today's episode. Here's John. Hey, everyone, and welcome back to Travel Tips Tuesday. Very glad to be with you all once again. This episode is going to harken back a couple of years ago or so to my days doing the Run Dopey by 40 podcast as I was training for the 2021 Walt Disney World Marathon weekend. That did not happen this year, but will hopefully be happening next year in 2022. I was trying to run the Dopey Challenge at Walt Disney World before I turned 40 years old or by the time I did anyway, and that did not happen. So now I am on a training journey to make that happen before I turn 41. So while I'm still 40, hopefully we can do that in January of 20, 2022. Uh, Run Disney events are back. We're going to talk about that in the episode. A lot of exciting content tonight that will hopefully be helpful for you, especially if you are a runner and you know nothing about Run Disney. It is the, one of the most magical experiences you can have at a Disney destination. So definitely check it out. I hope you enjoy the show and let's get into it, shall we? Tonight, this is Travel Tips Tuesday, and it is November the 9th, 2021. And our question of the day is, where are you celebrating the 2021 holiday season? Again, our question of the day is, where are you celebrating the 2021 holiday season? Where are you going this year for Thanksgiving, Christmas, Hanukkah, the New Year's holiday, whatever other holidays you may be celebrating? Where, where are you going? Where are you going to be celebrating? You're going to grandma's house. You know, you're staying at home. You're going to the mountains, going to the beach, you're going to Disney, going on a cruise and all inclusive. Lots of people go different places for uh, for Thanksgiving and Christmas. My family uh, has always done a number of different things. So since my wife and I have been married, we've kind of alternated between my family and her family. Uh, this year, we're going to be hanging out with uh, her uh, her family a little bit. Uh, we've had Thanksgiving at our own house. We've had Thanksgiving at other houses. Growing up, uh, it was always with you know my, my dad's parents. My mom's family lives a good bit farther north and from where we were at the time anyway in Virginia. Uh, but we're going to be hanging out uh, with some family this year and looking forward to making some awesome memories and just kicking back and cooking a good bit. Uh, I'll be cooking some sort of version of my uh, grandmother's, my dad's mother's cornbread dressing recipe that my mom has kind of made into her own uh, version. And we're going to be cooking it gluten-free. So uh, because we have some gluten-free uh, folks in my family and, you know, so it, it is possible to have great gluten-free dressing. I'm not just like kicking you. I think gluten-free things have uh, have a uh, bad rapport sometimes for being a little dry and tasteless. Trust me. <laughs> When I say that this is pretty good stuff, uh, it is moist, it is good, it is flavorful, it's got all the things that you love to see uh, in it, and I can't wait to do it. My favorite part of making cornbread dressing, by the way, uh, is just getting up my cast iron skillet, so it's one of my favorite things to use it for. It's a lot of fun, uh, a lot of fun there, so... Fun, fun, fun. All right. So I want to get into a little bit of uh, Disney news before we pop into our topic tonight. Again, there's our question of the day still on the screen for you. Where are you celebrating the holidays in 2021? I uh, would love for you to drop that in the comments if you have not done that in the main feed already uh, on my news feed. So we can share some of those comments with each other. Uh, if you do drop those in my news feed, just know that I will share first names only. But if you drop them here um, live, uh, I will be sharing those uh, sharing, sharing those on the screen as we, as we roll along here. So, 
a uh, little bit of news to start off with uh, for personal travel news. Uh, I'm running my 20 more, 21 more in, in 2021 campaign. So trying to book 21 more trips uh, at least in 2021, preferably for 2021. Have some folks that just reached out to me a couple of days ago, actually for, or maybe been recent as yesterday, for some Thanksgiving trip ideas. It is still possible to go somewhere for Thanksgiving. You know, Disney hotels may be full. Universal hotels are not. Uh, there's still park availability at Disney at Universal. There are still cruises you could go on. There are still all-inclusives you could go to. There are mountain cabins in Gatlinburg. There are other, uh, you know, fun hotel destinations. So I was, I was talking to somebody recently about the Gaylord Opryland Resort in Nashville that has actually two different groups uh, that has the, the water park that you have to pay in addition to. Well, guess what? The same organization has a Gaylord Resort Gaylord Palms in Kissimmee, very close to the Walt Disney World Resort in Universal Orlando. They do have uh, a water park there as well. And I found some pricing that included the water park admission there. So, you know, that's something fun you could do. There are so many things to see and experience around the Orlando area, not just Disney, not just Universal, uh, even outside of Orlando over at Cape Canaveral. Uh, you could maybe even catch a, a launch, you know, depending on what they have going on over there, the Kennedy Space Museum, a lot of the different uh, things they have there. So, and the beach, the beach is close by. You got Cocoa Beach, you got Daytona Beach, you got Clearwater over towards Tampa and a number of other things. So a lot of really cool stuff to do in Florida and then other spots. So it's not too late to plan a Thanksgiving trip or Christmas or New Year's. A lot of folks are starting to look towards spring break as well. So as travel is picking up and it is picking up, trust me, as the, 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 Quote requests are coming in. Uh, travel plans are being made. People are getting out there. The international borders have been reopened for several countries uh, for the United States. Uh, part of my Disney news that we were going to get to tonight is that Disney is uh, very excited to welcome back many international guests for the first time. There are some that have been able to travel here for business reasons only, uh, where many different quarantine rules and whatnot sort of apply uh, for them. Uh, but now a lot of those restrictions have been lifted. There are still some that are in place, uh, but uh, for the most part, uh, the borders have been reopened again per current policies and whatnot. If you are an international uh, friend listening from across the pond over in the UK or up north in Canada uh, or you know down south in Mexico, wherever you may be, and you're thinking about coming to the States, uh, feel free just to, to reach out to me. I can tell you what those current protocols and policies are. And if you have any questions about any particular destinations, we'd love to chat with you about that. Uh, I want to talk to you about a few different things uh, going on at Disney. So going from Halloween, October 31st to November the 1st, there is a, the wonderful literal overnight transformation in the parks. Uh, the Halloween sort of fall decor that you saw all over the Magic Kingdom, the Mickey pumpkins, the Cinderella pumpkins that were there, uh, a lot of the, uh, you know, the, the, the fall color bunting, all those things, all of it was removed overnight. And the Christmas tree went up. Uh, a lot of the, the Mickey garland went up. Christmas lights, uh, a lot of things changed just overnight. Uh, last night on uh, November the 8th was the first evening of the Very Merry After Hours event at Magic Kingdom, and I caught the last bit of it. One of my favorite other uh, kind of YouTubers uh, to follow, Resort TV One, uh, they have some of the best quality video feeds that are out there, and they're in the parks all the time, uh, you know, catching a lot of different things. They're sort of known for their long-form uh, live feeds. I'm a big fan of other ones similar to that, like Chris and Susan Edwards over at Ear to Ear Magic. They're one of my other favorites as well. Uh, but was watching the fireworks last night for the Very Merry After Hours event. 
beautiful. Uh, that like for me, when I was watching that, I'm like, you know, I, I get those folks. They, they paid a little bit more to, uh, to be there uh, for certain perks, but man, that fireworks show was phenomenal, phenomenal. And if you ask me, uh, that fireworks show makes, uh, makes, makes the new enchantment show kind of look a little small. Uh, just to be honest with you, the the power of the fireworks, the the scope of them, sort of merging with the projections, the the Disney Enchantment Show is not bad, but it's very heavy on uh, on the projection technology. Still, uh, Happily Ever After definitely was. There are more fireworks in Enchantment versus Happily Ever After, but I mean, if we're going to compare the Very Merry After Hours show, which has sort of a mini mini mouse as the narr- narrator for it. Uh, versus Disney Enchantment, the Very Merry After Hours show is hands down great. So there are some dates for the Very Merry After Hours event that are sold out. Uh, it runs basically last night on select days through December the 21st. December the 21st is sold out, but a few dates, other dates in December, if you're going to be there, uh, say a week or so before Christmas or not, there are still some tickets remaining for that. If you have questions about it, feel free to let me know. Give me a shout. We'd love to help you out there. Uh, more details have been announced uh, regarding the International Festival of the Holidays at Epcot. Uh, the Candlelight Processional we know is going back, and that thing sold out in like minutes uh, the day that those tickets went on uh, on sale. So if you're hoping to go and you do not have tickets for the Candlelight Processional, uh, there are none more available at this time. And uh, that's not to say that people won't cancel. Sometimes those things happen, uh, you know. but you have to keep a very close watch on it. Uh, keep a close watch on my feed. If anything does become available, we'll be sure to let you know uh, on on Facebook and on Travel Tips Tuesday moving forward. Uh, also, earlier we mentioned that international guests are being welcomed back to the Walt Disney World Resort in Disneyland, which is pretty exciting. Uh, that'll bring more of a sense of normalcy, I think, back to the parks uh, when we see a lot of these foreign tour groups that show up. And for me, that's just part of the experience. Uh, I remember when I was a cast member, going through the traditions course, which traditions is the uh, sort of entry level um, sort of baptism into the, the Disney verse, uh, if you will. So the first thing that you do uh, the first few days when you come on property to start your job, whether you are doing merchandise, you're, you're, you're frying French fries, you're helping people in, you know, the hotels or whatever it may be. If you have one of any sort of job, even if you're an executive, you go through the traditions course to kind of give you the outline scope of what Disney destinations, what the history of Walt Disney, the man, the person is all about and why that's important. And as we were going through that, I remember them talking about all the different kind of parts around the world that, that are representative and different kind of groups that come to Walt Disney World and the ones that we may see more often. And I'm excited to see those groups coming back because for me, that that is part of what makes Walt Disney World Walt Disney World. That is part of what makes Disneyland Disneyland. It's not just going to Epcot and you kind of going around the you know the world world showcase and getting some flavors from different countries and the, those kinds of things. Those things are great, but I love interacting with people from all over uh, all over the world. The last time I I saw Illuminations Reflections of Earth in person, so we re-eared that uh, around the 50th anniversary of Walt Disney World. Is I videoed it, but the last time I saw that show. 
uh, I had uh, the pleasure of meeting a wonderful couple, cannot remember their name, um, but a wonderful couple that were Disney Vacation Club owners from the United Kingdom. And we had a long conversation uh, just about Disney destinations and a number of other things. It was a great, like, I love having those spontaneous, fun conversations uh, as we move. So, uh, and as we kind of get to hang out with, uh, with other folks. So, Anyway, international guests are coming back, and the last piece of Disney news that I will mention that directly ties into uh, tonight's conversation is this. In-person, on-site racing is back at Walt Disney World. In-person, on-site racing is back at Walt Disney World. This past weekend was the Wine and Dine Half Marathon uh, weekend, which is so exciting to have that, to see that race series come back and be a part of uh, the Disney guest experience. And we're going to go through a number of different things because as many of you may remember, uh, a couple of years ago or so, pre-pandemic, I was training for the 2020 Walt Disney World Marathon weekend. And, or the 21 uh, Walt Disney World Marathon weekend. And that was called off due to, you know, pandemic craziness. And, uh, you know, so I had been running a good bid, had been trained for that and was very disappointed. Had the option to either go virtual or get a refund back. And I chose to get the refund because part of me being there for these races is not just running the distance. I can get outside and go run, you know, three, four, five, six miles. Sure. I mean, not to like, I'm not going to fall over, but I'm not out to set like a personal Olympic record or anything like that. Um, but part of me for being there for these races is being around other people. Like it's, there's just something exciting and energizing about it. And the way Disney does races is, is pretty awesome uh, too. So the first thing I want to talk about though, uh, the first thing um, I want to talk about though is this. And this is sort of point number one on my outline tonight is that, that this is this. Why run a Disney race? Why run a run Disney race? Be it a 5K, a 10K, uh, a 10-miler, a uh, half marathon or a marathon. Why run or even one of the, the, the one-mile races? They used to do some of those for the kids. Why do those? Why pay a little bit more uh, when you're at Disney? Why get up early and go? Why lose sleep? So Because you do have to get up early because those races start early. Because remember... They've got theme parks to run. They've got roads that have got to be open by a certain time. Um, if you actually go to uh, some of the resorts around Magic Kingdom right now, so Contemporary Grand Floridian Polynesian, uh, around the Walt Disney World Marathon weekend, uh, you'll see. So from that Thursday to Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday uh, of that particular weekend in January, you'll see morning had disclaimers. Uh, if you're planning on staying or traveling to these resorts between the hours of 4 a.m. and 9 a.m., be aware that traffic may be impacted. That's code for roads are going to be closed. <laughs> so if you are planning on going to the parks over Marathon Weekend, and that is, uh, that is the first full weekend starting with Thursday of January of 2022, just be aware that your travel plans may be impacted a, a little bit first thing in the morning. Uh, so just heads up there. If you're going to one of those run Disney races, you're already going to be aware of that. So it shouldn't be a problem. So again, why, why run a run Disney race? Well, for me, uh, again, there's, there's part of the energy, the atmosphere that uh, is there uh, that is exciting to, to be a part of um, the camaraderie uh, that's there at in-person race series are, are, are great. Now there's a number of different sort of 
categories of races, and I'm not just talking about distance, but there are some that are more serious where people are trying to get, uh, you know, specific times to qualify for like your Boston marathon or your Chicago or your New York style races. There are some that are just sort of for fun. Uh, it's to bring the running community together. And one of the, one of the episodes that I did uh, for my formerly uh, known run dopey by 40 podcast, which I think is still floating around out there um, was, was all about why uh, running is not a solo sport because it's often seen as that because it's on you. You lace up your shoes, you get out there and you go, if you don't do it, it doesn't get done. Um, and there's sort of a misnomer to that. So while you have to get out there and do it, it's not like basketball or baseball or football or soccer, you play as a team. Um, or even like tennis, you're playing against somebody. Uh, running is, is a sport that you can just get out there and do at your own pace, uh, literally at your own pace, go as hard or as fast, as intense as you want to. Uh, the qualifications for Run Disney events are you have to maintain a 16-minute per mile pace. That is a fast walk. Uh, most people that I know that, that go down there that plan to do these races that have done them in the past have no problem doing that. Uh, no problem doing that. Pace yourself, but also make sure you train for them as well. I would do run a run Disney race because it gives you a chance to see different parts of the park. Oftentimes you end up running uh, the parks. Oftentimes you end up running backstage, uh, especially for the marathon and half marathon. You get to see parts of like the animal kingdom and backstage areas of magic kingdom that normally you would not get to see unless you were a part of a VIP tour or you were a cast member. So that's kind of neat, uh, first and foremost, but again, there's like people are cheering for you in the parks. They've got signs out. It's just a really fun, super encouraging place. I mean, what other spot can you go to where, uh, where, where all sorts of barriers are just sort of, you know, torn down. And, and, and put to the side. Everybody is there to encourage each other. You know, nobody's going to hold up a sign that says, I hope you fall flat on your face. No, people don't do stuff like that. Like if they do, those signs are torn up and they're like asked to leave the race course, right? So it's just one of the most encouraging things uh, to be a part of, whether you're walking it, whether you're like crawling to the finish line uh, or whether you're running or, or whether you're celebrating something. So the stories that I see from these race series are so, so inspiring and so, so, it, so exciting. So Jen says, yes, I have listened to that podcast. So uh, the Run Dope by 40 podcast, I think, again, I think it's still out there. Um, Y'all feel free to check that out. Uh, we may do a, a fun episode um, one time to kind of recap the Disney, Run Disney uh, experience. So we'll see. We'll, we'll, we'll see what happens there as, as, uh, as life moves forward. So what have I done for a training plan? So, uh, run Disney, which is the official sort of, I guess, traveling recreation wing of, uh, the Walt Disney kind of travel company uh, experience is they have, uh, they're sort of one of their official people, uh, that they work with is Jeff Galloway and Jeff Galloway is, uh, he, he comes up with a lot of these training plans that you will see on uh, the run Disney websites and, they are great because they are designed in a bunch of different tiers. You're beginning, you know, intermediate. Uh, there are some that are for, you know, each of the individual race series, including the race challenges like the Dopey Challenge and the Goofy Challenge that are out there for the marathon weekend. And Jeff Galloway is a former Olympian. Uh, he's also well known for pioneering the run, walk, run method, meaning you're going to run, you know, 
so many, like for me, I go out there, I'll run four minutes, just run four minutes at whatever pace. I've uh, got my gold trusty Garmin watch. I'll work kind of check my pace to make sure I'm, you know, not going too fast, not going too slow. And then walk and not just like, you know, oh, I'm walking down, check the mail. Uh, no, but like a, a brisk walking pace where you're keeping your heart rate up a little bit, uh, keeping your legs warm. And then you'll alternate that every so often for whatever length of time or distance that you are running. And normally I like to run for time. So typically the plan that he has right now is to run basically two 45 minute slots during the middle of the week. And then you have a long run uh, that's typically on like a Saturday or Sunday. Now, as we get closer to uh, the, the dopey challenge the, the marathon weekend in January, especially moving towards December. Uh, some of those race, some of those days will sort of be squished together. There'll be maybe one or two short runs earlier in the week. And then we'll see a few runs towards the end of the week, culminating in kind of a, a practice, a rehearsal weekend for uh, the marathon. So regardless of which race you're running, if it's the dopey challenge, the goofy challenge, the half marathon, 5k, 10k, whatever it is, um, those sort of build up. And then you have typically about three to four weeks of tapering down from your longer distances to let your, you know, your legs heal up, your muscles heal up, let your body be ready and fresh, uh, for, for race day. Well, some other things that I've been thinking about, uh, pretty closely are, um, are, is fuel be honest i mean that was one of my big issues with my last with my most recent uh long run which was yesterday or let's see two days ago rather on sunday and uh, it was a 20 mile run about mile 17.5 or so uh i was just running out of gas i had some goo gel um kind of it's a combination of like uh, amino acids and electrolytes uh and sometimes caffeine a little bit of carbs uh in there and uh, those are to kind of help, you know, keep the body up and flowing and going nothing too heavy, but it, it basically nutrients that can get inside your body. They're designed to get inside your body quickly and give you that extra boost. Uh, talk to some people that use some other types of gel uh, gummies, some that even use uh, Skittles because lots of, you know, real, uh, real simple carbs that get into your body quickly, uh, calories that you will burn um, through quickly. And it's sort of a real quick boost of energy because when, when you go that far, uh, and you're not used to doing that, your body just reacts differently. That's one of the things about running long distances is you have to listen to yourself. Um, so Dave Adams, my buddy, Dave, I don't know if you're still watching or not. Um, he commented kind of during the pre-show time. I'll go back and find his comment. I'll throw it back up there. Uh, one more time. He said, I wish I could do a half. My ankles just won't let me do it anymore. Run Disney is so fun. So, uh, if you, if we train for them properly, so most of these training programs, for example, for the marathon, uh, I believe, or the, the, the challenge that I'm doing, I believe it started back in June. Uh, so a lot of these will, um, sort of build up and a lot of people like to focus on well, what's the training plan. Well, you know, that's their run. Disney provides that, you know, through Jeff Galloway, but some of the other things people have to focus on are. Well, you know, you got to worry about sleep, first of all, because your body needs more sleep. You need more intentional rest. Got to take care of yourself, especially when you get into those longer distances. Uh, you also have to worry about food and fuel. So like fueling your body properly, making sure you're ready to go. You're not eating thing, anything super greasy within a couple of days of, uh, of, of these longer distances, especially. Uh, you want to make sure that you're drinking plenty of water, staying constantly hydrated. You want to make sure that you're stretching. Uh, there's a lot of different 
beliefs on stretching. Some people believe you ought to stretch cold and then warm up uh, and then go in. Some people believe you ought to you ought to just warm up a little and then go into your race and then stretch at the end. That's what I do. I don't stretch when I first start. Um, in you know, I've been pretty fine, but I, I know like if I don't stretch within you know five to ten minutes after I'm done, uh, my muscles will be so tight the next day. When you do that, when you don't stretch properly, you're more injury prone. That's one of the other great things about the Galloway run, walk, run method is that a lot of research has been done on it. It's not just something some guy came up with that likes to run. A lot of research has been done on it by, you know, universities and PhDs and, you know, whatnot. Um, and it has been proven to help uh, lessen uh, the uh, lessen the recovery time. Uh, it can, if done properly, it can actually help you increase your overall pace uh, and it can help you have better quality endurance. So going potentially farther, right? So it's not all about helping you go faster, but it's help. It's about helping you be, to be able to go farther at a pace that works for you. So that was Dave's comment. We'll take that off and scroll on um, down. <laughs> Jen says, yeah, I also stretch at the end of my Disney days too. Yeah, I, I have to do that. Uh, you know, there's no tired, like Disney tired, as we all know. Uh, it, it's it's kind of like, I, I don't know. It doesn't matter what sort of shoes I put on. If I put on some of my nice running shoes or uh, my Chaco sandals or even like Crocs or uh, I've worn, if, if anybody remembers Vibram, five fingers. So like the toe shoes, I've worn those in the parks like many years ago. Doesn't matter what kind of shoes I put on, my feet always hurt at the end of the day. But I can tell you this: if you if you're not intentional about it, they will hurt worse, and you will you will you will know it because uh, I've uh, I've been there. Uh, so my feet feel a lot better uh, personally when I wear my Chaco sandals. They support I have high arches. They support my feet really well. And then occasionally when I wear my uh, my my running shoes. So that's a little bit about why the training plan. A uh, few things that I've been learning so far as far as equipment goes big fan of tech shirts. So this is a travel nation branded one that I've got uh, sort of the moisture wicking shirts. Don't wear cotton, don't wear cotton shirts. Don't wear cotton, uh, clothes of any kind, uh, when you run, cause all that they will do is they will hold in the moisture against you and they will cause you to chafe. It's not a subject that people like to talk about, but it'll happen, right? It'll happen. So it's kind of like being proactive, you know, if you don't have to, if this is, you know, you can, switch this off if you want like but <laughs> it's kind of like uh, hoping to avoid having to use you know gold bond there are products like body glide that are out there as well that uh, help reduce uh, friction when running uh, there are certain types of compression shorts and other types of running gear that are great uh, to look into and not everything's made the same uh, there are places like you know walmart and academy sports and uh, dick dick sporting goods and even target and amazon has some of their own brands of you know, certain types of gear that are relatively cheap. Some of them say they get good reviews. You know, I don't necessarily all the time trust online reviews, uh, but I have uh, I have some compression shorts that I use called Exoskin. Um, they last and uh, they are made here in the States. Uh, they're a little bit more expensive than others, uh, but uh, they're it's really, really good quality stuff and uh, I'm, that I'm planning on using. They had a discount code for, uh, folks that were doing the dopey challenge. So that helped me out there. Uh, also be intentional about your shoes. If you can go to a shoe store like Fidipides in the Atlanta area or a Fleet Feet store, we've got one here um, in, uh, there's one in Madison that I've been going to and then in Huntsville as well across town. 
uh, here in North Alabama. There's one in Birmingham that I've been to before. Uh, they have a bunch of different things that they can do. They have these pressure mats they can get you to walk on. They can kind of map out your foot, see what kind of foot you have uh, to figure out what kind of shoe best fits you. They have people there that are experienced. Uh, you know, it didn't cost me anything extra to do that. The level of service in these stores is great. Uh, also think about compression socks as well. Uh, that will help, you know, with circulation recovery on your feet will help them not be as sore. And as somebody that just ran 20 miles a couple of days ago, I can tell you right now, those compression socks made a huge difference for me. I had to take Advil once after I was done. Uh, normally that's not the case. And this is the first time that I've run that far uh, using, using compression socks. So uh, those, those, those are a good call there. The number five fueling. So we talked a little bit about that. Uh, there's a number of different ways to do that on uh, race day. So you can buy some of the uh, gummy kind of sports gummy sort of things that have caffeine, electrolytes, the amino acids, the gels that are out there. There's a few different companies that offer those. I'm a big fan of goo. Um, they have some that offer different levels of electrolytes and amino acids and even caffeine. Uh, some that are designed for more longer distances like ultra level athletes. Uh, there are um, also like one of the things that I've done uh, as well in the past is I've taken trail mix with me uh, as well when I haven't had access to uh, the goo packs and that's worked pretty well. I have a two liter uh, hydro vest that I wear kind of like a camelback sort of thing, uh, but it is designed for uh, runners specifically. And I went through every bit of that two liters of water plus another 20 ounces. When I got back to my car, had another bottle. That's one thing. Like if you're going on a longer distance run, make sure somebody knows where you're going and knows where you're going to be just to make sure. Uh, and then also have backup water and stuff in your car, you know, just in case you need it. And I, <laughs> I did, uh, there's a company called noon in U N in U U N in U U N that makes these little tablets that are made to fit in uh, 16.9, you know, ounce bottles of water. So basically your average size, of you know, a water bottle that you would get from somewhere from the grocery store or Walmart or whatever. Um, I have a reusable water uh, bottle that I use those with sometimes. So I don't go on shorter runs or kind of that shorter to medium long ones. When I need that, when I'm going to be out for probably an hour or more, I'll have those with me. Um, the other thing you'll need to be intentional about, and these are just sort of off, off the cuff thoughts. And uh, if you want to kind of know more and have a more in-depth look at a lot of these, check out the run dopey by 40 podcast. Uh, that should still be out there on uh, most of your podcast players. But your race goals, knowing why you're going, right? That's huge. Like when you get to those longer distances and you're starting to hit the wall and you're like, I just want to be done. <laughs> I just want to be done. I want to go eat some food. And man, like my wife went and uh, picked up Burger King for me and I ate every single bit of that sandwich. Uh, went by a smoothie shop on the way home, had some, had a really, really good smoothie. Uh, with a little bit of peanut butter in it, uh, strawberry, banana, and pineapple and peanut butter. Weird combination, but man, it worked. Um, so feeling is important, but knowing your why, uh, knowing your why is so, so important because that will, keep you, that will help keep you going almost more so than fuel will. That will keep you motivated to like get to the finish line. So are you out there to like prove something to yourself? <clears throat> Excuse me, prove something to other people set a personal record? Are you running in memory of somebody? Are you running in honor of somebody or some group of people? There are a number of different things that are do that. And that's that number of different organizations rather that do that. Uh, and that's one of the things I love about run Disney that they will occasionally partner with certain organizations 
to uh, help raise funds for them and, and set a certain amount of registrations aside, uh, where if you help, if you raise a certain amount, then you have the opportunity to uh, be able to register for a race. So you'll see people out there in purple shirts and blue shirts and different kinds of shirts sort of representing their uh, organizations. That's a lot of fun. What I love about the running community, I've kind of already mentioned, and that are, is the phenomenal, uh, the phenomenal amount of support that you will get for uh, just being out there again, it doesn't matter who you are. It doesn't matter. Like it doesn't matter if, if, if you've never run a marathon in your life and you've been training for it and you know, you just, you're kind of slow and you hop along or whatever. There're going to be people that will encourage you that will help you get through those tough moments. You're going to be out there on the race course, especially the longer distances for, you know, for half marathon, you know, more than likely a couple hours minimum, if not three, you know, or so, uh, for the marathons, sometimes five, six, maybe even seven hours. So there are going to be people that you're going to be pacing with eventually, and you're going to get to know their stories. It's not like just plopping down on an airplane seat with a stranger you've never met and hoping they're not going to look at you so you can take a nap or just, you know, eat your pretzels and peanuts in peace. I mean, you're going to, you're going to want to be there to support each other. And those signs, those cheers from complete strangers, are going to be so much to you, so much to you. Uh, it's just such an incredible experience and such an encouraging thing. And I urge everybody, everybody, if you've never run uh, a race before, register for a 5K. 5K, three miles. It's not that much. It's not that much. Uh, a lot of people can do 5Ks, you know, 30 to 40 minutes most of the time. I'm probably in the neighborhood of depending on if I'm like running flat out or not 33 to 36 minutes. So that's, that's pretty slow <laughs> for the most part. And again, I'm out there just to kind of, kind of do it and to get a little bit of cardio and, and to have fun. And I, you know, I do, um, there are a lot of characters you'll see out on the race courses as well. Uh, some that you may not see any other time. They will have live animals out around animal kingdom. If the weather is decent, there will be uh, other floats. Sometimes that you will see there's a giant pirate ship that was out one time that I had never seen in a parade uh, that captain hook and some others were swinging around on Peter Pan and whatnot. Um, you know, I saw the country bears. They were out. They had uh, some of the Christmas toy soldiers that are in the, that you will see around the parks and magic kingdom during the holiday season. They were out there on the parade route, uh, you know, Robin hood and his merry men, you know, it just all, all sorts of, all sorts of characters are out there. A great opportunity. Uh, photographers are everywhere. So they're with the characters. They are, uh, you know, all scattered throughout the course. And if you do uh, run a run Disney race, make sure you have memory maker, if you're not already an annual pass holder and you have that, make sure you have Memory Maker because if you do, all those race pictures are included with with Memory Maker and PhotoPass. So uh, just be aware of that. It's a great perk. And that kind of transitions into my last topic of the day. And that is this, how to how a run Disney vacation can be a little different. So how run Disney vacation can be a little different is this. Well, first of all, you will be running. Uh, so you know, make sure you build in time not so much on the front end of your trip, uh, but you want to make sure you build in time to hang out and have fun on the back end of your trip, because that's when you'll be able to kind of hang out and relax. You can wear your medals around the parks and people will congratulate you. And it's just kind of fun. You can get your picture taken at iconic spots in front of the castle, you know, at magic kingdom or spaceship earth or, you know, whatever the case is. So it's, it's just a lot of fun to be there afterwards. You're not having to worry as much about your diet or training because the race has been done. You may want to go on a little bit of a, 
taper run, sort of a recovery run. Um, so your, you know, your muscles and your legs and whatnot don't lock up, you know, say for maybe a mile or three or so, but depending on, you know, where you're at, but sometimes for some people, those miles and those steps that you get in the parks will suffice. So that's my big thing. If you're going to do a run Disney vacation, make sure you build your fun time in on the back end of it, because you want to make sure that you come in there fresh, you know, get there, you know, you can fly in either the day before or early the day of on the day of the expo. If you're not too concerned about uh, merch to pick up your race packets and get your information set up and know that you're just going to have some early days. You won't want to do a whole lot, plan a whole lot in the latter part of the day. Cause you'll want to be, you know, be getting an early dinner and getting to bed because those two thirty three AM alarms come fast <laughs> and they come fast because uh, they do run buses, but there are so many buses that are running to the start lines. Most of the time they start them running very early, well before uh, the shotgun goes off to, to start the first corral. Cause they do release the, uh, they do release the participants in waves, depending on the corral that they are placed in. Uh, I believe when I did the marathon, I was in corral E. So A, B, A, B, C, D, E. So that's, you know, what the fourth one back. Uh, and it was probably a good, I would say 15, 20 minutes before my corral was released onto the race, race course. Uh, so it's a lot of fun, super high, high energy. And one of the most exciting things that I've ever experienced. And I'm really looking forward to being able to do that. Uh, unfortunately, as of right now, my family will not be there to support me this year. Uh, but, um, uh, my wife and my two-year-old did surprise me on the race course or on the, the training route that I was running a couple of days ago. And man, that was, it meant so much to me. So like when I say that those signs, those people, those smiles that you get, uh, matter, they do like, they so matter. I ran into some other people, no pun intended as well that I knew. And they were like encouraging me. I was like, I'm 14 miles into the 20. They're like, go, you know, whatever. And my old two-year-old son was saying, go, daddy, go, go, daddy, go. And my wife was like chasing me around. I would like pass her. She would stop. And then I would like, she would have to, you know, drive ahead of me to get to one spot. And uh, it was just a lot of fun being able to do that and being able to kind of see them. And, you know, it was neat. Uh, it, it was good. So thank you all again for uh, tuning in to sort of hearing me blab a little bit about Run Disney and why I love it and sort of my journey so far training for the Dopey Challenge. Uh, we'll have more conversations about the holiday season as we get into it, as we hear more feedback about the holiday events. Uh, I will be going with my wife to Walt Disney World in December for the first time uh, without kids uh, since before we were married. So no, since, since we were married, I'm sorry. Uh, so probably since our honeymoon, I think was the last time we've been down there uh, without kids. If I remember right, maybe no, 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 no. I'm like thinking backwards here. So you're probably like, okay, John doesn't know what you're talking about. No, it was. Yeah, so we, our first child was born in 2012. So it was the year, year before that. I think it was 2011. Um, so, yeah, it was. I think it was September 2011 was the last time we went without kids. So it's been a while. It's been, it's been straight up 10 years. Uh, and I'm looking forward to that. Uh, I'll be down there representing Travel Nation. Uh, so it'll be kind of a work trip for me, and we'll get to play a little bit uh, while we're there, uh, sort of before things get started. Uh, and then a little bit while we're there, we have, have some free time. But um, looking forward to hanging out, and I'll be doing some you know, Facebook Lives and YouTubes and all the things. So... All that to say is, I hope that you all will be able to tune in and 
uh, hang out with me on social uh, when uh, I'm there in December. It'll be a lot of fun, everybody. So thank you so much for tuning in to Travel Tips Tuesday. This has been a super fun conversation for me as always, and we will see you again real soon. Bye-bye. Thanks for listening to Travel Tips Tuesday. We'll be back next week with another episode. See you then.